Hi, this is Tanya Adams I'm with iGirl Tech News where we um, introduce you to exciting women entrepreneurs in the tech industry. And today my guest is Melissa Hanna, um, the founder and CEO of Mommy. And did I say that correctly? Yes. All right, great. Um, thank you for joining us today. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Great. Um, now, first of all, I want to ask you, what is Mommy? And what gave you the idea? So Mommy is a mobile healthcare app that connects new moms with a network of maternal healthcare specialists um, who can uh, talk to them anytime securely via uh, text and video chat. And um, our app also features uh, personalized educational content for moms around a variety of healthcare questions and um, challenges they may be facing uh, either with their own bodies or with their newborns um, up to the first two years of life. That is so cool. What gave uh, you the idea? Uh, I came up with the idea for this company after spending um, hours with my mom on the road uh, in her private uh, concierge maternal health care practice. My mom is an award-winning breastfeeding uh, consultant and uh, maternal health care nurse who worked for the last 35 years in major hospitals in Los Angeles and built um, many of their outpatient care programs for new moms and babies. So uh, a few years ago she went out on her own and she created a concierge practice where she visits women in their homes and um, provides um, personalized care to them um, at quietly, you know, privately at home um, outside of the hospital environment and then, um, and then communicates with them through text when they have questions uh, about uh, you know, breastfeeding or about sleep training and other sorts of um, issues that come up uh, in postpartumhood. But uh, I noticed that her phone was blowing up with text all the time. And, um, and her, the other women on her team, the other nurses that, that work with her, same thing. Um, moms were texting all the time, asking questions. Um, and, and there were little questions that were um, the kind of things that if you searched online, you'd get just a deluge of information. And if you went to the doctor, it was kind of maybe too, too small of a question to bother the doctor with. And so you wanted this intermediate channel where you could just talk to someone who you trusted, um, who was an expert in that area about some of the, um, the issues you were facing as a new mom. And, uh, and so from that, and from my mom's work in that area, I realized that there was an opportunity to bring some mobile technology into the space and create a secure channel to, uh, for women to both um, communicate directly with their maternal health care providers and also to get access to the kind of information and um, uh, video and, uh, and, and um, text content that they wanted around the uh, healthcare issues that they were facing. So creating a personalized educational experience for them. People are not realizing that there are these opportunities to, um, to create personalized, personalized mobile experiences for women. Um, and I just, I would love to see more of this kind of technology out there. And I, when I realized um, what a dearth there was, I decided, you know, maybe it's time for me to build something. That's cool. We saw a need and you decided to fill it. That's great. Um, What's the biggest lesson you've learned as you're going um, as you're going after funding for this project or any of your projects? Well, uh, in going after funding for this project, I've learned a lot about how to present this very um, unique uh, digital healthcare challenge to men, primarily that are the investors that I've spoken with. Um, I, I have definitely worked really hard to engage. Um, women investors in this conversation and, um, and uh, nationwide because I'm in LA which already has a, um, a limited investor community so I've traveled to New York, I've gone to San Francisco and just sought out 
investors who um, understand what we're building, appreciate the technology that we're building, and um, and want to help this particular community of new moms. Um, but in explaining what the issues are with, for example, breastfeeding, a lot of people don't realize just how challenging that can be for a new mom and how frustrating and painful and exhausting it can be. So um, you, you really kind of have to paint a picture for investors that is probably going to be beyond the scope of their knowledge of, of that area, if they have any at all. Yeah, I would think here they would have a limited knowledge of that area in, in the U.S. It doesn't seem to be such a broad... I, I had my son in in Europe where everybody breastfeeds, if you breastfeed everywhere, it's not a problem. <laughs> but there's still those questions that, you know, that I had at, back then that, and like you say, the small questions that you don't, you don't want to bother the doctor about that I needed answers to. And it was, it was hard finding the answers. So this is great. I love it. What are some of the personality traits you think um, make a successful entrepreneur? I think that one of the most important qualities to have to be a successful entrepreneur is resilience. There are a lot of challenges in building a company and building a team and keeping the team together. And, um, and it's important to um, have a, a vision that you can believe in and that you can um, engage others in believing in and, and uh, keep, keep the spirit alive even when it starts to get really tough uh, on the road that you're on. And it will inevitably because I, I think that building a business is something that um, Outside of all the financial and um, technical challenges of building a company, um, there are a lot of personal and psychological challenges with it that the entrepreneur, that the, C the CEO is going to face, um, but that the team is also going to face. So you, you have to be strong for your team, really. Which that's what it comes down to, and, and I think that that is um, that's being resilient. What's something that women need to do more of to see greater success? Do you think? I really, <laughs> I really don't like that question too much. It's a nerve with me because um, the answers that you usually hear to questions like that are things like women need to toughen up, act like the boys, um, be more confident. Um, and I've heard all of that. I, I've heard that many times before from investors and fellow entrepreneurs and, and other people that are outside of the industry but have an opinion about what I'm doing. Um, and I don't think that really any of those suggestions are things that are actionable for women in, in, in a way that people say will be better results for, for women entrepreneurs. Um, mm -hmm. I think that what women um, uh, can do is be aware of the biases that, that uh, people may have, uh, both men and women in the space around um, female CEOs and, um, and, and female uh, you know, technologists in general and, and just be uh, kind of aware of your positionality and and of where the other person may be coming from in the conversation so that you are listening for um, things that that may actually be kind of biased in, in the way that people are, are either giving you feedback or advice or um, you know uh, talking to you about what you're working on I for example um, I went into a uh, into a, a pitch session with a few entrepreneurs, I'm sorry, I, w I went into a pitch session with a few um, uh, investors and there was an older man at the table um, and two women and um, I gave my presentation and I explained what I was doing and the first thing that the man said was, no one will ever pay for this, who needs this? And <laughs> I said, I said, you know, uh, I, I'm not sure where to even begin answering that question because I, I know at the very least that there are people who need this and there are people who want this and we've already got people signed up to, to use it. So um, 
you know, how much education do I need to do in order to like get him up to speed on the opportunity here? He's starting so far back in judging um, this idea uh, and coming from a place where he's not even aware that this problem exists whatsoever, that he can't even imagine someone might pay um, for for personalized um, uh, digital healthcare. So I, yeah, I guess you you just have to be prepared for for that in conversations and listen for it, and then don't take it personally if you do hear it. Okay, because right, I was wondering about that. Yeah, with a man, he he it doesn't affect him, so he has no idea. Well, you know, uh, if I can be candid about like the way that I address that when it does come up in meetings, is that it's that's not the first time that that's happened where a man has said. What is this thing? Um, I usually, well, after, from that I learned that if I'm sitting down with a uh, male investor or um, a developer or someone who wants to work um, on what we're doing and is kind of interested, wants to know more about it, uh, the first thing I ask is, do you have children? Because it really makes a difference if a man has, um, it, you know, direct exposure to what the postpartum experience is like. And so then if, if he says, yeah, I have a child or I have, I have children, I say, well, were you around? Do you remember what it was like when they were babies? They, oh, yeah. I said, okay, do you remember your partner or your wife, um, uh, you know, uh, being really upset a lot of the time, crying and being in pain and, and being panicky? Do you remember the baby crying? And do you remember what it was like to decide when to give a bottle and when to put the baby down or if the baby wouldn't go to sleep to, you know, so I guess the baby's not taking a nap today because they won't stop crying. All of that sort of stuff that's <laughs> it's really kind of easy to forget once you have teenage children, which many of the investors have. So it's kind of the age that they're at. Um, I, I feel like I kind of have to bring them back to that time in their life. And once they remember that, their whole demeanor changes. And like, oh, yeah, wait, I remember being a new dad. And I remember what that was like for me and what I saw happen for, you know, for my wife or my partner. Um, going through new motherhood. We're always talking about women, and I know, but then is it different like going in after funding when you're or having them listening to you if you're a woman of color? That's a total different thing, or do you think so? Is there any difference? Yeah, I, I think so. There are times where comments are made, and I think, hmm, that's, that's strange. I wonder if you would have said that to someone else. Or in a particular meeting I had where I presented um, the product that I that we built and um, an investor was just blown away, like almost too blown away. And I thought, it's not even done yet, you know, like, <laughs> like they're way too excited about this. And I kind of got a sense after, like, mm, the bar must have been much lower for me than I thought because you're like really impressed now <laughs> and you probably shouldn't be because you have no idea what's coming next. What advice would you have for any woman wondering if entrepreneurship is for them? I think that uh, starting a business um, is is something where you may have had this like this itch for a while. You may have had this in the back of your head um, and wondered whether you're capable of doing it or if you you know could could make a living doing it. Um, if your idea would work, if anyone would want what you what you have in your mind um, that you'd want to build. And I, I think that if you have any of those inclinations, any of those feelings, you have to pursue it. It may not you know entail quitting your job and cashing out your savings account and going to build your company, which is pretty much what I did with my second business. Um, <laughs> you know, that's not for everyone and, and I'm very um, kind of risk comfortable. I, I, you know, I, I do things that my friends think they're kind of crazy sometimes. But mm -hmm. even if, if you have that inclination at all, it's important to explore that. I, 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 I say that it's, no, it's not worth it to have that regret, to wonder 
what you could have done with that idea. And I, I, I just think it's really important to explore that. And some people don't have it in them. And if you don't, don't, don't force it because it is really a unique and difficult road to go on to build a company, especially um, a tech company that has the potential to be highly scalable. That kind of path is not for everyone. Yeah, there's a lot of risk, but there's a lot of risk involved, like in anything. And like you say, if you have an inclination, you should probably just go for it. How have some of your past positions prepared you for launching, um, Mommy? Well, I've had a really uh, all over the place journey in my career, and I've worked for startups and I've worked for really, really large um, organizations. Um, I think there are like 10,000 employees at Columbia, um, and uh, or there's you know, several thousand at the very least, but um, I also worked for Red Bull um, North America for, um, for a few years, and I worked at a big manufacturing company um, with a few thousand employees nationwide. So the combination of being in very corporate environments and very um, uh, loose, um, flexible startup environments has allowed me to see what works and what doesn't work in, um, in team dynamics and in pay structure and um, in product delivery, design, all of that sort of stuff, and, then, and also in customer research. And what I found in really large organizations, which is uh, you know, um, stereotypical of them, is that you, know, you get to a certain point of success and you think, okay, we kind of just know our customer now and we know who, we know who we're um, selling to and we know what they want. And um, what I really enjoy about startups is that there are always so many different questions on the table and everything is just another experiment um, you know, in this direction of trying to, trying to hit something right and, and see some success in doing that. So for me that's really fun and I want to build an organization that um, keeps that spirit alive as long as possible really. I mean I, I, don't, um, I don't foresee ever losing that but I know that it's possible and it, it happens when you take your success for granted. But that's really something that I've I've definitely um, taken to heart in building this business is constantly asking are we doing right by the people that we're serving. That's cool. That's great. Now, um, can you talk a little bit about your volunteer work for Stoked? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love Stoked Mentoring. Um, it's a great organization that uh, supports um, urban youth, um, low-income youth in uh, New York and Los Angeles and I volunteered um, in both cities for Stoked um, and I think that what's really powerful about being a part of a mentoring organization, especially Stoked in particular, is that um, it, it in itself is actually uh, it has that sort of mentality that I'm talking about. They started out in one-on-one um, -on -one mentoring, um, kind of using a model of one-on-one -on -one mentoring, and found that group mentoring was was really more impact um, impacting and um, powerful for for students. Um, Stoked uses um, action sports and community service as a way to engage um, young people in uh, creating the lives that they want to have in um, pursuing higher education um, out, out of high school and um, in creating career paths that, that fit their um, passions and their skills. And so doing all of that um, in this group mentoring model where someone like me as a, as a, uh, as a mentor with the organization can participate in um, skateboard day. Like we all learned to skateboard together and I learned to skateboard with um, high schoolers in, in the uh, organization. I also um, have participated in park cleanup days um, and, uh, and other activities where the students have actually built their own skateboards. And so um, I sat in on um, uh, one of those sessions as well and learned 
how a skateboard gets built. All of that sort of stuff is really important um, kind of, uh, I would say not personality building, but um, value building activities. Mm -hmm. But what's really powerful about the way that Stoke does it is that you do that in context with um, professional mentors around. So so older people, I mean, I'm not that much older than them, but my mid-20s and, and having high schoolers that I'm interacting with, um, we can have a conversation about their personal goals and their career paths while doing something that is really fun and, and just um, educational, like building a skateboard together. And bonding, yeah, that's great. Can you do an ollie? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't risk it anymore. I think um, now I need my risk my risk more than ever. <laughs> I can't really take the risk of skateboarding um, on a regular basis. It's exciting. You were just named one of Inc.com's um, um, nine awesome black women in tech um, founders to watch. I didn't even know I was going to get put on that list. I don't know what the okay. criteria was or anything. I kind of got a message from a friend of like, you, you got put on this list. It was a really big honor to get selected for the, for the list and um, be named um, that, that title. Uh, and I just think like the other companies in the list, everyone is really awesome. I've met um, most of the women who are on the list and um, mm -hmm. and we're all working on startups in a variety of spaces and um, dealing with a lot of similar challenges just with building companies and also building companies and being black women and what that means um, in the tech industry. Um, so I'm just, yeah, I, it was really a really flattering thing to get put on that list. I was really surprised when I found out. That's cool. I like it because there, I... I love that there's more black women getting into tech and you're a wunderkind. You are. You won that awesome scholarship when you were younger for the, from that television show and I saw that show. I remember that. You were like, yeah, you're one of the few people in the country. I, the show is watched by 7 million people which sounds like a lot but by network standards is not enough for it to get a second season so that's, uh, that's great that you saw it. That's cool. And then you also, what, you're a former gymnast. Yes, yes. You're, you're getting, and, and this is what I want to ask you personally, is how are you doing an MBA and a JD and running this company all at the same time? This is what I'm talking about, a Vindicant. Um, I think anyone who knows me would say that I just, I like to keep busy, like really busy. And, um, I'm at my best, at my peak performance when I do have a few different plates in the air at the same time. Not too many, because then you, know, you can be spread too thin, and I've experienced that before too, where I just am overwhelmed with all of the commitments that I've made. But in this case, actually being um, in law school and business school at the same time that I'm building this company has been so helpful. I think that people miss what is actually going on for me, which is that I'm in school learning things like medical malpractice law and um, tort litigation and how to write a contract. And so I do that in the morning, and then in the afternoon I have... Um, you know, corporate finance, and I have organizational development, and then I go home at night and I work on this business, <laughs> and I apply everything that I learned all day um, to, you know, to actually making this business come alive. So, uh, for me, doing those three things at the same time, it's not as crazy as it looks or sounds to to everyone else. For me, it seems like the best way to be building this company, and um, I, you know, at some point things will hit the fan. And I will not be able to effectively run the business um, as it grows and be in school at the same time. I understand that that is reasonably uh, likely to happen um, since I still have a couple years left. So I've considered that and I've talked to my um, professors about it. And you know, if and when that day comes, I, I know the decision I have to make. 
um, on behalf of the business, and I'll be prepared to do it then. But un until then, I really love doing it all at the same, at the same time. That's amazing. That's great. You know what? I want to thank you, Melissa, for being with us today and, you know, and giving you your time and everything. This is wonderful. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Um, how can we learn more about Mommy? Oh, you can um, learn more about Mommy at our website, www.mahmee.com. Um, and uh, in, you can email me if you want, if you have any questions or you'd like to stay connected. I'm Melissa at Mommy.com. Um, and uh, my Twitter handle is at Melissa C. Hanna. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'd love to stay connected with anyone who, you know, is interested in what we're doing. Okay, great. Thank you so much for taking the time today with us. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>